Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. A very, very happy post-Pesach. Um, and it's great to be back and learning. We had a little break, but we're here back tonight. Uh, Shir, tonight's class was dedicated by Terry Levin, and this is in honor of her grandmother's yurt site that was yesterday on the 23rd of Isruchag, on the 23rd of Nisan, Fege Bas Yitzchak, and also in conjunction for her, in honor of her father's Olav HaShalem's yurt site that's going to be on the 29th of Nisan, which I think is Friday. So uh, his name is Ruvain ben Yisrael HaLevi. So may their nishamas have a, a spectacular, spectacular elevation to a really, really great high place. And um, may they channel lots and lots and lots of ble blessings to you, to look after you, to watch over you, to give you much, much, much bracha and much mazel and much simcha and all the good, 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 good things that you can think of and beyond what you can think of. And it should all materialize in a very physical, tangible way. Thank you so much for that dedication. Um, I also want to mention um, a very dear member of our shul. So sadly passed away last night unexpected in his sleep. Um, Aaron Baim, if you know Susie Baim, and they usually come over here to the class Susie and Mendel. So Susie's brother last night wasn't feeling well over Chalomoid. His leg was hurting him. And just last night, this past night, he didn't wake up in the morning. So I would like the class to be dedicated uh, for his name for him as well. The Levi is going to be tomorrow. Um, so uh, his name was Aaron. Aaron David Ben Avram Zalman. Aaron David Olav Shalom, Ben Avram Zalman, Sheyichia. May Hashem, may the family not know of any more sorrow. And there should be Lizchus, his neshama. And we should already merit the time when this will not, we won't have any more such news. We'll only have good news. Um, of course, tonight's class also needs to be dedicated to um, the special, special woman who passed away, Al-Kiddush Hashem. Lori Kay, I don't have her name in front of me, but the Schos Hashem knows the name of uh, uh, of her name, and may this be a big Schos for her special soul that took a hit for all of us. So may Hashem, may again, this is, should be the last, last, last. And we should never say this again because this should really, truly be the last Jew who ever passes away, who was ever um, a. I'm saying a victim because it's not a victim. It's beyond. Like a victim sounds weak. It's whoever a hero of Kiddush Hashem. This should be the last, last, last bit of blood ever, ever, ever spilled because it's way too much already. And we shouldn't chas v'shalom ever have to hear such bad news, tragic news. Um, I want to dedicate the class to this, to that event that happened uh, this week and um, to address it. Um, it was a shock to us and it hit, you know, we've heard sadly there have been terrorist attacks and, and the fact that it happened twice this year on the soil of the United States of America, vicious anti-Semitism, is very, very disturbing and, so, and unnerving and it's very dis 
distressing or very disheartening. And um, it, it particularly hit us deeply because it's so close to home. It happened over here in California, close to home in location and close to home. It's a, 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 a brother or a, another Chabad house um, so close by, so much part of who we are, um, a shul, innocent Yidden coming to Davin, it's, it's horrific. And the, um, what's shocking to me is that it happened on Achron Shal Pesach. Achron Shal Pesach is the day of Moshiach. Is the day of Moshiach. Chlal that it should happen anytime. And it should happen on Passover. Which Passover is a yomtiv of liberation. Passover is the opposite of exile. It takes us out of Golas. It's that Yidin, that a Goychas for Shalom, that a, an anti-Semite, should never be able to have a shlita chas v'shalom, any kind of power to harm even the fingernail of a Jew, let alone to take a life and to threaten Jews who come to shul. That should happen on Pesach, and in Pesach itself, on the climax of Pesach, and it was Shabbos as well, and Pesach, and the day devoted to Moshiach, should really send chills down our spine and should really wake us up. So I'm not here to lecture anybody and give any kind of causes of why things happen. We don't accept that this happens. And we cry out to the Ebishter and say, enough, we don't, we can't, we don't, uh, how, how can we cry out to Hashem tell him we don't accept? Of course, on some higher level we accept and recognize whatever Hashem does is for some mystery, mysterious good. But the Ebishter wants us to demand an end. The Abishter wants us to cry out Ad Mosai and demand an end. And the fact that, it, again, to us in California particularly, this is, needs to awaken us up that we have to be strong and committed to the bringing an end to the exile. It actually coincides with the week of, of this week, which on Thursday, um, uh, Wednesday night, is going to be the date, it's going to be the 28th of Sivan, Chavches, I'm sorry, of Nisan. Chavches Nisan, 28 years ago, the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke, and it was one of the most shocking talks the Rebbe ever gave. And the Rebbe then was talking about the, the that, you know, it was the year of so many miracles, and there was such hope that Moshiach was going to come during the month of Nisan. And as the month of Nisan was slowly slipping away, and the full-fledged Geula did not take place, it was a shocking talk. And um, Lobavitch was, was I, don't, I don't know if there was ever any a moment that there was such a shake-up from what the Rebbe said by a talk. And that was when he said that he did everything he could to bring Mashiach. And the Rebbe used very strong words that everything I've done, because it didn't come to the, to the actual Geula itself, is La Hevel Velarik seems to have been didn't accomplish, and therefore the Rebbe says, what else can I do? I am giving it over to you. But contrary to some people who might have understood this, that the Rebbe is throwing up his hands and saying, I'm sorry, I can't do it, so therefore my life work, chas v'shalom, failed. I couldn't see it through to the end. That's not what the Rebbe was saying. It's clearly, it's not that. The Rebbe was saying that he wants, he's giving it over to us means that he's empowering us 
to do this work and to complete the job. And what I take out of it is two things. Number one, that Moshiach, even though we're seeing so many signs of the Giyula, we're seeing so many signs of the Giyula, but the Poyol Mamish, in the literal sense, the actual powerful moment of Bias Mashiach will require our participation. It will require, it's not something we sit and we wait for. We need to be active participants in the Giyula. That's number one. Number two, the sense of helplessness that we carry with, what can we do? What can we do? Ay, 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 is, is wrong. It should not be, what can we do? We could do. Because we were told it was given over to us, means we were given the empowerment to do. The question is, what? Okay, so we should decide that we can do it, sit together, and figure out what needs to be done. So, in the classes Mashiach decoded, if you can listen, I've been addressing this subject, especially in the last few, of what could be done and what should be done based on the instructions that the Lubavitch Rebbe gave at that time after the 28th of Nisan for the next close to 11 months where he was giving instructions of what should be done. So that's not the discussion of tonight. What I do want to say is that this event happening this week at a Chabad center on a day of Mashiach, the lesson Again, I'm not saying why things happen, but the lesson that I think needs to be taken from it is a wake-up call regarding Moshiach and regarding Chabad in the sense that the Rebbe was urging his Hasidim to get active in doing one job, and that is bringing the Giyula. That's the job. It's not just Hasidim, it's the entire world. That we need to bring the Giyula. So what has happened and what sadly has happened to us and, and I, I, I'm including myself, all of us, is that because Gullus, in a sense, became tolerable, because we're doing pretty well, in the sense that, in terms of both material and spiritual, materially, Baruch Hashem, Jews are living at a higher standard, people are not starving, there's parnasah for everyone, we're living, and we built up beautiful Jewish communities, all kinds of restaurants and kosher food, and every kind of imag imaginative delight we have available to us in a kosher way, and so many options for vacations, and so many options of having, living the Moshiach life without Moshiach. So we're maybe having a nice time when God is in pain, when Moshiach is suffering. Now I'm not saying there is no suffering in our lives. There are people that are ill. And more than everything else, our souls are deprived. Our souls are deeply deprived. Our souls are deeply in pain. But when we become so materialistic, that we don't feel our soul pain. So we can kind of think that we're happy and everything is nice and dandy, especially when to a certain degree there is a lot of spirituality available. We can study, we can learn so much Torah classes in English in the comfort of your own home. You can sit and watch the class online, you don't even have to go. So what, what's lacking? You can learn every subject of Torah. So the fact that God's light is not shining in the entire world, not necessarily is on the top of our consciousness. Not necessarily that the whole purpose of creation is only for Mashiach. So we kind of get a little, a little, um, a little comfortable. So the, a story like this happens and gives us a jolt that a Yid remembers this is exile. And this cannot be tolerable, tolerated. We cannot tolerate, tolerate the exile. That's, that, that to me is the message. We cannot tolerate the exile. And we have to be frustrated to the point 
that we are determined with absolute determines, determines that we need to change something. And again, it's up to us to make that change. To care about Mashiach, the main thing we need to do, the main thing we need to do is to study about the Giyula. Because when we study about it, automatically we care about it. And once we care about it, we will start living more in a Mashiach conscious state, which will mean we'll love each other a little deeper and a little stronger. That's the way it's going to be when Mashiach comes. We're going to care about each other. We're going to be a little more devoted to our spiritual side than our physical side, and so on and so forth. So the Rebbe then told us more than anything else, study about Mashiach, study about Mashiach, study and study and study. And we should flood California with classes on Giyula about Mashiach. Let every shul start a class to study the subject. Every shul should have a shir on Mashiach. And everyone should attend our shir over here on Sunday. We should learn and study and grow and impact because through our souls, Mashiach enters the world. Okay, that was just a short um, address, if I can say, addressing what happened. But now I want to go to phase two also regarding to reaction to what happened in San Diego. Obviously, we also have to take physical means to protect ourselves. Baruch Hashem in our community, walk down the street. It's sad, but it's still Baruch Hashem. Sad is that we've come to a state that in the United States of America, we would need something like this. But on the other hand, it's nice to see that Baruch Hashem, uh, we have the means of doing it, and we, people have stepped up to it. And that is that most shuls that we're walking by the street have a guard, a security guard outside. Mayon has also, thanks to an anonymous donor, um, um, gotten a guard outside uh, in front of the shul on Shabbos to protect an armed guard. Now, um, many people in the Jewish community have learned and have taken cl uh, 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 classes or taken uh, whatever it's called, training, training courses on how to use a weapon. And in most Jewish shuls, there are now people that carry weapons even on Shabbos. Um, you have to consult with a halachic rabbi that it needs to be done. People just to carry weapons and without training is more dangerous than anything else. But people that are well trained. Yidden have to be able to defend themselves. And we saw in the San Diego story the fact that there was someone there who, who knew how to handle a, a, a gun and was, was well, willing to step up to the plate at that moment is simply what saved, could have saved Chas v'Shalom, a far worse tragedy. It was part of, it was, it was together with a miracle that Hashem has done, that the gun jammed, and it was also the fact that there was someone there who can scare this guy and got him running and so on. All, it was all a miracle. So it is important that we do Hateva, which means that we have, we, are, we, we do have people that are ready to act when they need to act. Bahashgacha Pratis, I was so like uh, taken by this. It's actually the story of this week's parish, not the story, but a derived from this week's parish. This whole mitzvah that we desecrate Shabbos in order to save a life is derived from this week's Torah portion. So what, we will, what I would like to do is discuss that. Because on the one hand, a Jew cares about Shabbos more than anything else. Shabbos is so deeply carved into our being, into our heart, into our soul. Now we also care about a life of a person, a life of a yid. 
and we care about the life of a Yid so, 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 so much, that we know that the life of a Jew will supersede the Shabbos, and we will desecrate Shabbos to save a Yid. But the Chas V'Shalom could be a tiny little bit of a sense of feeling like, I'm not feeling too good about this because I'm desecrating Shabbos. Because Chas V'Shalom, I'm carrying a gun. So I'm desecrating Shabbos, or so on and so forth. So again, I, this class has nothing to do with halacha. To, for halacha, I want you to, you, if you, you, you have to consult a halachic authority, what are the guidelines about having a weapon, carrying it if there's no Erev or something like that. One needs to have a halachic consultation. What I want to talk about is the idea about the desecration of Shabbos to save a Jewish life which they did in San Diego, and which is something that we should never, ever, ever have to do, but we should appreciate the depth and the incredible idea behind this. And again, it's the subject of this week's parsha. So we begin by opening up a Chumash in Parshas Vayikra, Parshas Achremos this week, and there is a Pasuk over here that says as follows. Ushamartem, this is in Perek Yud Ches Pasuke. It says, Ushamartem es you should observe my statues, that's Mishpatai and my laws, Ashayasa Oisaha Adam, that a person should do them. Referring to a general, um, a, a general um, decree that we should observe all the commandments and all the laws, Ashayasa Oisaha Adam, that a person should do them, all these commandments. V'chai bahem, and they should live in them. Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. Simply it means, by doing the commandments, you're going to be adding life to you. Rashi says in the simple meaning, it means that mitzvahs add life to you, not in this world, which, but in the world to come. L'olam in the world to come, every mitzvah brings us life, eternal life. Okay, so that's, that's the simple meaning of this. That mitzvahs infuse us with life. The Talmud, however, says in the Sechtis Yuma, Tractate Yuma, the Gemara says, How do you know, Minayin? How do we know? Pei Hei. Daf Pei Hei, page 85, the first side of the page on the bottom. The Gemara asks a question. The Gemara says an interesting story. Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Laza ben Azariah, these three giants. We're Mahalchem Bederich, we're walking on the road. And uh, the Levi Haseder, and the fellow by the and Levi, who Haseder, the guy who organized, for Rabbi Shmuel ben Noisha, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, was were working, walking behind them. Pretty nice group of people. Any case, the subject came up while they were in, on the walking, the question. Neshela Shaila Zubifneim, this question was asked before them. Minayin lepikuach nefesh adoiches hashabbos. How do you know that when it comes to a person, when a life is in jeopardy, when a life is in danger, we cast away Shabbos in order to save a life? Now, the, each one of them started giving various different um, verses, psukim, from where we derive that. So the Gemara brings about five different places from where we derive that we can desecrate the Shabbos to save a Jew's life. Again, in the case, when 
in, 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 when one has to, God forbid, pull a weapon on Shabbos and fire a weapon, which is not permitted, but if someone has needs to do that, they need to do so. Um, in a, right? That's number one. But also in a case, let's say, when someone is ill and we have to rush them to the hospital, that not only that you can do every malacha to save this person, every type of desecration of Shabbos to save a person's life. So how do we know this? So the Gemara gives a whole bunch of, of places where to derive it. Finally, the Gemara says, Shmuel says, Rabbi Yehuda says, Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Amr Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda, in the name of Shmuel, says, um, if I would have been there, he wasn't there. He wasn't amongst this group. He says, if I would have been there, I would have told him from somewhere else. It says in the Pasuk this week, Pashas is you should live in them. You shouldn't die through them. That means mitzvahs are supposed to bring you to life, and he's translating life, physical life. That a mitzvah is supposed to lead to an enhanced physical health and existence. But not chas v'shalem, that through a mitzvah, that a mitzvah should cause uh, um, death to a person, or even a possible, a possibility of death. And even if it's a suffix nefashis, even if you're not sure, if you're not going to, Take care, rush this person to the hospital, they're gonna die. Maybe they're gonna, they can, they're, they're okay. But you have a possibility that there is a life threatening situation to them. So then the Allah is, the Torah says, you should live in them and you should live for sure, Rashi says. And not, even if it's casting a doubt that by keeping Shabbos, you're refraining from doing something because it's Shabbos, and there's even just a slight possibility that that's gonna cause the person to die, then the Torah says, um, that's not what the mitzvah is all about. V'chai behem, you should live in them. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara continues and the Gemara says, guess what? All the proofs that they all gave, all these great rabbis, which every single one of them, they can all be refuted. Besides this last one, Shmuel's, Shmuel, who wasn't even there, who said, if I would have been there, I would have said so and so. The Gemara says that his is the only one that stands. That from here is the real place where we learn out that you machalal Shabbos, you desecrate the Shabbos to save a life. Okay. This is what the Gemara says. So now, the question is as follows. Why does the Gemara Bechlal have to tell us? And I want to I make an introduction. Next week in the Parsha, a tiny introduction. Next week in the Parsha it says, You shall love your fellow Jew. So Rabbi Akiva says, this is a great general principle in the Torah. Zeklal gadol Torah. It's a great rule in the Torah. What's the great rule in the Torah? The great rule in the Torah is love your fellow Jew. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe explains, what does it mean it's a great rule in the Torah? So the, he says it's an interesting thing. He doesn't say it's an important mitzvah. He says that you have to realize the entire Torah is about loving another Jew. That's the Torah. So in every subject of Torah, when you're learning it, if you realize that the underlying current in all of Torah is love for a Jew, then you learn differently, then you see things differently. This is the most incredible example of someone who learns Torah with the attitude of loving Jews, because the depth that we're going to find out today in regards to this idea of desecrating Shabbos for the sake of a Jew, of a Jewish life, you can learn it superficially, but if you really, 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 really love Jews, then you're able to see such depth in this mitzvah that's incredible. So even though there might be a little bit of a technical discussion today, 
you should know that it's going to lead us to a phenomenal appreciation, both on, on what a Jew is, phenomenal appreciation on what Shabbos is, a phenomenal appreciation of what Torah is, all of Torah and all of mitzvahs, and also an unbelievable directive of how we should be learning so that we can find such gems. If we wouldn't be loving Jews, we wouldn't find. I think the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, loves Jews so much that that's the way when he learns, he discovers such, you can so easily skim, skim over all of this and totally miss it. That's why I was very, very blown away when I read this. And I felt it's so important, especially in the time now, that we need to elevate the Jewish people. So in any case, the question that we have over here on this passage of the Gemara is a simple question. The question is, the, the, there is a general principle in all of Torah that in general, whenever there is a conflict between the life of a Jew and a mitzvah, we override the mitzvah for the life of the Jew. That is a rule in the entire Torah. Besides three commandments, there are three cardinal sins, which those things, by those three things we say, that the Jew has to lay his life down in order not to violate the commandment. Three things and that's it. And that is, a Jew is not allowed to kill someone to save his life. Unless that person, sorry, unless that person is coming to kill you. But if, let's say, a third person says, kill that, an innocent person, so that, or else, God forbid, I'll kill you. A person says that to a person, kill, murder someone. You know what? I want to hire you as a hitman. Kill so-and-so. If you're not, God forbid, I'm going to come take your life. So a Jew is not allowed to kill someone innocent to save his life. He's allowed to kill this guy, but he's not allowed to kill someone else to save his life. Also, a person is not allowed to commit adultery to save their life. And also, one is not allowed to bow down to an idol. Idolatry is also forbidden. These are the three things. And aside from that, we always say that violate the commandment and say, preserve your life. That's a rule. The Gemara says in Masech Yuma earlier, that very halacha, right? The Gemara says, uh, There is nothing that stands before the safety, the, 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 the safety of a person, of a life. Chutz, three things. And by each of these, we have special lessons from where we derive that there is a mitzvah called Kiddush Hashem, sanctification of God's name, as we know that there was martyrdom when you had so many Jews who laid their lives on the line, not on the line, who literally gave their lives up, were burnt at the stake uh, during the Inquisition, Jews that were murdered by the Crusaders, uh, and did not want to go into, we were now dragged into the church to be baptized, they rather died. So this is, so that's the principle. If that's a principle, then the question is, why do we have to have a special teaching regarding Shabbos? Why does the Gemara say, how do you know that Shabbos, you desecrate Shabbos to save a life? Why would Shabbos be any different than any of the other mitzvahs? As a matter of fact, in general, we know that always you're supposed to, you're supposed to uh, um, override any, that, that life, the life of a person um, overrides all, all observance, right? To save a life. 
There are three mitzvahs that are exceptions, and by those three exceptions, we have a particular specific place from where we learn out. It's, a, it's an exception. If that's the case, Shabbos is not learned out as an exception. So Shabbos belongs with all the other mitzvahs. Shabbos is part of all the other sweeping, all uh, 613, all the other 610 mitzvahs, in which you, don't, which, you, which you need to violate Shabbos in order to save a life. So why do we have Shabbos as a distinct question in the Gemara? And the Gemara gives us like six answers, we said earlier. How do we know that you, that you violate Shabbos? Why would Shabbos be any different? Yeah, that's the question. Why would you need a special teaching regarding for Shabbos? Why would we even think that Shabbos is any different? Now, this question, um, to make the question even a bit stronger, how do we know in general, in the rest of the Torah, how do we know that you're supposed to transgress any commandment to preserve a life? How do you know that you're allowed to steal if it if it's going to save a person's life. You have to. If it's saving a person's life, you're obligated. How do you know you're allowed, you're allowed to eat non-kosher to save a person's life? You know, borrowing someone's car is, uh, is considered stealing if they don't get permission. What happens if someone needs to be rushed to the hospital? There's no car. The guy left his key in the ignition. You grab his car. You take the guy to the hospital. Even though you're stealing. Life. Preserve a life. How do you know that you can, uh, if there's no other food but non-kosher food for a person that's starving, you're allowed to give them the non-kosher food. So how do we know by all the mitzvahs? So Rashi says, in a few places, Rashi says, because it says, in our Pasuk, in Pashas Achreimois, v'chai bahem, you should live in them. This Pasuk, v'chai, the same, the same passage that Shmuel says, from there we learn out that Shabbos, your Mechalal Shabbos in order to save someone's life. The same passage. The Gemara really, Rashi uses it and so on a bunch of other places. That they use the very same Pasuk, V'chai that you should live in them for all the other mitzvahs. If that's the case, so what's the question? So why in the world is the Gemara asking, where do we know that Shabbos, your Mechalal Shabbos? And the Gemara goes, it gives you the same place from where you know everything else. So it's clear that Shabbos should be included in all the other mitzvahs. What does this tell us? What this tells us is in the Pasuk V'chai Bohem, when it says over here, you should live in them. Which by the way, this Pasuk is not talking about Shabbos in particular. There's no word over here about Shabbos. This Pasuk is talking about all commandments. Let me read the verse again. Ushmartem es you should observe my, my statues, and my laws, you should do them all. What, which ones? All the mitzvahs, all 610, besides the three that we mentioned earlier. All 610, the you should live in them. So you have to say, since the Gemara makes a whole to-do separately about Shabbos, so we have to say that what? That the, the, this Pasuk has two layers, two separate ideas. Hear really well. In Yiddish you say, Herz mit Kopp. Listen with, a little, with, 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 with concentration. Because this is, this is the key to the whole class tonight. That there are two dimensions in this Pasuk. One of them says, Live, v'chai bahem, live with the mitzvahs. Live with all the mitzvahs. And when a mitzvah contradicts life, 
What should you do? Violate the mitzvah to preserve a life. That's one thing. Then there is, that's all mitzvahs. And maybe it includes Shabbos as well. Because Shabbos shouldn't be any different than all mitzvahs. Now there is a separate halacha. A separate idea. In addition to that. Which, which is, it says in the Pasuk, mitzvahs, you should live through mitzvahs. Which teaches you, desecrate Shabbos in order to preserve a life. There's a special extra thing telling you regarding Shabbos. That Shabbos was meant to bring life and not the opposite of life. And that's a separate law. It's in addition to the general law, which includes Shabbos. So now this is really confusing. What exactly did we add now by saying that Shabbos is included in all the mitzvahs that you desecrate them in order to preserve a life, but there's a special extra emphasis on Shabbos as it stands out differently. How does it stand out differently? It's the same idea. Desecrate Shabbos to save a life. So we need to understand why a Shabbos is different. And, 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 and in what sense is it different? What's the content? And not, not two things. Why is Shabbos different? That's one thing. Then the question is, in what context is it different? How is the, how is the mitzvah of preserving life on Shabbos different than the preserving life in all other mitzvahs? And thirdly, if there's a special mitzvah over here regarding Shabbos, how come Shabbos isn't mentioned in the Pasuk? And the Pasuk says it kind of blanket statement regarding all mitzvahs. So we have to say, here, 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 deep, that once we discover an extra dimension in this Pasuk regarding to Shabbos, Shabbos reveals that that's also true. The second dimension also applies to all other mitzvahs, not just to Shabbos. If you're not confused yet, give me five minutes, you'll be confused. No, 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 don't get confused. Again, Shabbos stands out. What we have to say that there are two layers. There is the regular halacha that you mechalal every mitzvah in order to save a life. And that includes Shabbos. Let's call that mitzvah A. Life preservation, v'chai um, behem, you have to live in them, includes. Then there is that, that life preservation overrides everything. Desecrate all the mitzvahs. From where do we learn it out? From this pasuk, v'chai behem, live in them. Now we have commandment B, also in this pasuk. Shabbos has a special commandment that you don't, that you, that you violate or that you, you do any malacha on Shabbos in order to save a life. And that's not law number A. That's law B, which is specially said regarding Shabbos. And here is number three. Number C. What's C? C is that once we discover it by Shabbos, so to a certain degree... Shabbos already uncovers that truth by all mitzvahs. That by all mitzvahs also have dimension B, not just dimension A. But it's primarily emphasized by Shabbos. So now we need to understand what is unique about Shabbos, what makes it different. So let's take a look for a moment in Rambam. The Rebbe does an, an amazing analogy, analysis of Rambam. 
Rambam also brings this idea. V'chai behem, this pasuk, that you shall live in them, regarding how you're supposed to violate Shabbos to save a life, and regarding all mitzvahs. So let's begin in the laws of Hilchus Yesodei HaTorah. See, the Rambam is going to give us the clue. Maimonides, Rambam is going to give us the clue how the, how the commandment to violate Shabbos to save a life is different than the commandment to violate any mitzvah to save a life. So what's the clue? The Rambam states this halacha, v'chai behem, live in them, and you shouldn't die in them. The Rambam states it by, in two places. One, when it comes to all the mitzvahs. In the laws of the foundations of the Torah, Hilchas Yisaydei Torah, Halacha Aleph. Rambam says that um, when it comes to all the mitzvahs, Bisho Ketzah, Bisho Goy, when a Gentile comes, V'yanoi says Yisrael, and he tries to force a Jew, Laver al-Achas Mikol Mitzvahs, when he tries, he points a gun to a Jew and says, hey, why aren't you wearing that jacket? Why don't you put that suit back? You know, you went to buy a suit, and the store owner is angry that you're walking out of the store and you did not buy the suit or the dress. And uh, you tell them because it's, you know, it's got wool and linen, I can't buy it. And he really gets angry, God forbid, and he's threatening a person's life for that. He says, you're not leaving my store until you buy this. In any case, and your life is in danger, you've got to buy it or wear it. In that case, he's not forcing you to wear it. He's forcing you to wear it, let's say, not just to buy it. So what are you supposed to do? Malacha um, is, you're supposed to put it on and wear it. Oh yeah, again, a yavar v'loyaherai. Wear the shotness. Don't get killed. Why? Because it says by mitzvahs, that it says in the pasuk that he brings this pasuk now an hour parsha. The man should do the mitzvahs and live in them. You should live in them. You shouldn't die in them. And the Rambam says the opposite. What happens if you were like being very from, and you decided, God forbid, to take the bullet? and not put on the shotness, the Rambam says you're going to be held accountable for your own life. God forbid. The, when, when the soul comes up there thinking he's been such a tzaddik, they're going to be punished for having taken, caused themselves to die because they were supposed to violate the commandment to save their life and not do that. The inmates for other harizim is person is now held accountable for their own life because Torah demanded of you to violate the mitzvah. Torah said, eat that ham sandwich and in order to, 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 be, to stay alive, okay? Fine. That is, that's the law. So again, that's regarding all commandments. Then the Ramam continues besides the three that I mentioned earlier, the three cardinal sins. Idolatry, adultery, and murder. Besides that and all these things. Fine. This is the first place Ramam states it. Now, in the laws of Shabbos, the Ramam states the same halacha another time. But this time it's regarding Shabbos. The Rambam says, the Rambam is talking about a sick person on Shabbos. When a person is ill. And we need to, they need certain things and these, for their, for, for, to preserve their life. And these things will cause, will cause a chilul Shabbos. Or these are acts of the Mullah on Shabbos. So the Rambam says, you're allowed to violate all the commandments You'll have to violate all the halachas, all the, all the commandments of Shabbos to save a person's life. And then the Rambam says in Allah Gimel, hear these words. When you do this, 
You shouldn't do them through Gentiles. Don't be from. You hear this? When someone is sick, when you have a chayli sheyesh by sakana, remember, this only applies to a person whose life is in danger because of illness. If you have a little, um, 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 what's it called, a heartburn, or a little stomach ache, or a little allergies, this is not a life-threatening situation. We're talking a case where there is some kind of a possibility that a person's life is in danger. So then, um, you, you're not allowed to call a Gentile to do it. You have to do it yourself. You shouldn't go find, let me find a little kid who will open the light. Or will pr press 911. So it should be a child younger by mitzvah. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to call a non-Jewish servant. Who should do it? The rabbi should do it. The rabbi himself should do it. The, 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 the great tzaddik, the great you don't have to go running and looking for half an hour for a rabbi. But if the rabbi is there, let him do it himself. No one else. Um, and the Ramam says more, you're not allowed to delay it's forbidden to take time. You have to do it instantly. To someone who has a danger, the Ramam brings our Pasuk. That a, person, that a person should do it and live in them, shouldn't die through them. And then the Ramam concludes, this teaches you, the Ramam makes a very interesting conclusion. From here you derive that the laws of the Torah are not vengeance. They're not God's anger, God forbid. It's not Hashem, oh, He wants to punish us by making us clean for Pesach. Right? It's not Hashem getting back at us. It's not a vengeance. All the laws of the Torah are merciful and kind and peace in the world. And therefore, when a person's life is in jeopardy, the Torah says, no, 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 don't. Then the Raman says, these apostates, apostates who say that if we, if, if we save a life and do things on Shabbos, we are desecrating Shabbos, and it's forbidden. On them, on these people, it says about them, that I gave them chukim lotovim. I gave them statues that are not good. In other words, they're taking my mitzvahs and they're turning it into non-good mitzvahs. My mitzvahs are all about goodness. Not God forbid the opposite. If the Pasuk says, laws that you don't live through them. They look at the laws as murderous laws. No, 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 no. The Abishta's laws are life-giving laws. That's what the Ramam concludes. So here's my question. It's not my question, it's that the Lubavitch never asked the question. First of all, why does the Ramam have to teach you this twice? The same question we had on the Gemara. If he said it already about all mitzvahs, in Yisodei HaTorah, then it includes Shabbos as well. You don't have to have a special limud regarding Shabbos. So again, and what does the Rambam do? In both places, he brings the same verse. V'chai behem, you should live in them, and not you should die in them. Why does it have to be repeated twice? Rambam is very careful with his words. He's not writing extra stuff. Number two, how come only by the second time, by Shabbos, is where Rambam concludes with this whole nice uh, conclusion that this teaches you that all the laws of the Torah are chesed, are kind and rachamim and shalom in the world that will compassionate and kindness and peace. And God forbid if you say the opposite, 
That means you're taking God's laws and making them mean and vicious and cruel. So how come the Rambam didn't say this in the laws in the first time, when he's talking about the general mitzvahs? He only says it by Shabbos. From here you see clearly the concept that I mentioned earlier. That even though you're looking at the same pasuk, the same verse, the same pasuk you're looking at, you should live in them and you shouldn't die from them, in which we learn out that you're supposed to violate any commandment, but the way we do it on Shabbos and the way we're commanded to do it on Shabbos is not the same like regarding all the mitzvahs. On Shabbos, it's a special halacha. How is Shabbos different and why is Shabbos different? And the answer is, the key to it is as follows. The key to it is as follows. The, um, by all other commandments, Give me one second. The rest of Torah mitzvahs, when we say that we're supposed to violate the commandment to preserve a life, what does it mean? It means the commandment itself that the Eberster gave is applicable all the time. The commandment is a commandment that goes to the very end. God wants the laws of kashras, of kosher. God insists on the laws of, um, as I said before, shatness. Wool and linen disturbed Hashem very, very much. Shab, uh, the laws of kashras is very, very, very important, kosher and non-kosher, to the very end. How about when it's in conflict with life? The law itself still presides. You're still not allowed to eat kosher. I'm sorry, you're still not allowed to eat non-kosher. You're still not allowed to wear wool and linen. You're still not allowed to eat on Yom Kippur. Even if life is in danger. From the perspective of what? From the perspective of Yom Kippur. From the perspective of Kashrus. Kashrus says, don't eat it. Yom Kippur says what? Don't eat on Yom Kippur. Pesach says what? Don't eat chametz. Someone is going to die? We don't care. Die. You can't eat chametz. Die. Chas v'shalem. You can't eat on Yom Kippur. Chas v'shalem. These laws continue. Oh, so how come... How come we override the mitzvah? That's not because of Yom Kippur. It's not because uh, of uh, it's not because of, 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 of Pesach. It's because we have a separate halacha. And what's the separate halacha? There is a mitzvah to preserve a Jewish life. And the mitzvah of preserving the Jewish life is the greatest mitzvah. It's such a big mitzvah. Saving a life, the Gemara says, is like saving the entire world. 
preserving a life, there's nothing greater in the world than having a Jewish, a Jewish neshama in this world and clothed in a body. That's the greatest thing. So therefore, when these two come on, on when these two collide, what's colliding? Pesach is colliding with a Jew's life. And now you have a competition between Pesach and a Jew being alive. Who is going to... They're colliding. Pesach is screaming, I want it to be Pesach. The, the, the Jewish life is screaming, the mitzvah of Pekuach Nefesh, the mitzvah of preserving a life says, I want a Jew to be alive. The, God says, I want a Yid to be alive. Which one did Hashem say with greater force? Which mitzvah is stronger? Who's going to knock the other one down? Is Pesach going to knock the Jew down? Or is the Jew, the Jewish life, going to knock Pesach down? Who is stronger? So we learn out from the Pasuk V'chai Behem that the Eberster says that life that you should live overrides all the mitzvahs and therefore bang, 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 bang. Line up all 610 commandments in one line. And it's going against the Jew's life. You know what you'll do? Bang! You'll knock each one down. Why? Because the life of a Jew overrides all these commandments. But why? Is that because of the commandments say preserve the life? Or is that because preserving life says preserve a life? You hear the difference? It's because preserving life says preserve a life. Not because, shh, not because Pesach says preserve a life. Not because Tzitzis said preserve a life. Not because circumcision says preserve a life. Circumcision says, be, do a bris milach even if the baby will die. Saving a person's life says, the mitzvah of saving a life says, no. Don't do the circumcision because it's going to threaten someone's life. I, one mitzvah overpowers the other mitzvah. That's the entire Torah. Shabbos, there's something deeper. What's the halacha by Shabbos? By Shabbos, what are we saying like this? That when Shabbos is coming and the observance of Shabbos, the Abraham says, keep Shabbos. These are the things you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. These are all the types of work you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. So then, what does the Pasuk say? V'chai behem. On the condition, when the Shabbos call that you shouldn't do all these things, when it's going to enhance Jews' lives, when it's going to, God forbid, threaten a person's life, then Shabbos says, Shabbos itself, the mitzvah of Shabbos itself says, Go ahead, do the work. Desecrate Shabbos. Do the work that would be desecration of Shabbos. Shabbos tells you that. You know why? Because the laws of Shabbos suddenly dissipate as if they don't exist. If they're in any way threatening someone's life, Shabbos itself is not commanding anymore. Shabbos itself doesn't say you're not allowed to do that. Shabbos says do it. You hear not because preserving life is stronger than Shabbos. Str preserving life doesn't have to fight with Shabbos. They're not in the boxing ring, Shabbos and preserving life and punching each other out. And then preserving life is going to win the battle and is going to knock Shabbos out of the ring. Shabbos itself says, if I'm conflicting with the persons with a Yid's life, 
I don't exist. The mitzvah of Shabbos disappears. Proof to that? The Rambam says as follows. In the law right before, in Hilcha Shabbos, here, the Rambam says in Allah Beis, Kloloi shel davar, the rule of the rule is as follows: Shabbos legabe choilish sheyesh sakana. Shabbos regarding a a person who has whose life is in danger, regarding a person whose life is in danger. Harei hu kechoil. Shabbos is literally like weekday. You hear what Rambam says? It's not Shabbos. It's Wednesday now. Shabbos takes away. Shabbos says, all my Shabbos, all my from stuff that I make you do on Shabbos, all my Shabbos things I make you do, I am making you do only if that's not, God forbid, threatening anybody's life. The moment it's threatening someone's life, you know what happened to me, Shabbos? Shabbos becomes exactly like Wednesday. It's, it's Shabbos, but regarding to performance, you treat it like Wednesday, and you can do everything. Obviously, you can't say, Hefkervelt, you go ahead and do whatever you want. You turn on the television. You can't go do stuff that is unrelated. But anything that has to be for this person, it's not Shabbos anymore. So why do we desecrate Shabbos? It's not like we're desecrating Shabbos. It's not Shabbos. Shabbos ceased to exist. Shabbos went, went into hiding. Uh, or Shabbos, Shabbos is, not, is not demanding abstaining from work if the work that you're going to do is going to save someone's life. That's the novelty of Shabbos. And that's the reason why, by the way, we can learn this out from the Magad Mishnah says later. There's a special halacha, an example. The Magad Mishnah, one of the commentators on the Rambam. When a, when a woman goes into labor, the halacha over there also is as well, that you're allowed to do, the moment she's in serious labor, you're allowed to do everything for her. You're allowed to do bimachal Shabbos. But yet the halacha is that everything that you can do with a shinoi, for example, if you have to call, if a woman is in labor, she has to go to the hospital. So if you're able to do it, not directly, for example, if you pick up the phone, not picking it up with your hand, but like pick, knocking it down with your elbow, and then dialing the, the car service or whatever it is, or the ambulance, whatever it is that you need, with, with your pinky, not with your regular finger that you would dial. So you try to do it with a shinoi as much as you can. So the Magad Mishnah derives from Rambam that that law only applies by a woman in labor, because by a woman in labor, we, even though we consider it danger, but she's not really in big, big danger, because mostly it's, it's a very natural process, and thank, and, and Baruch Hashem, it's, it, that, that someone should, God forbid, die from being in labor is a very rare thing, and therefore we don't treat it like a sick person who's in danger. But, but the Magad Mishnah says that a choyli sheyesh by sakana, a sick person that, that has, that's in danger, by that person, you do everything, it's as if, it's as if it's not, it's, 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 you don't even have to make any shinoi. If you're, if you're going to uh, uh, call an ambulance for someone that had a heart attack, God forbid, you don't have to call with your pinky. You do it directly without any, any, any shinoyim. Why? Because it's mamish weekday. That's what he says. It's mamish weekday. He proves it from this Rambam. Harehu kechoil, it's mamish weekday. That means Shabbos itself is, is, it's not like we're violating Shabbos. Shabbos is not standing in this state. And that's the reason how the v'chai behem in Shabbos is different than the v'chai behem, the live in them in Shabbos than in all the other mitzvahs. By all the other mitzvahs, it's not like the mitzvahs don't exist. The mitzvahs do exist. It's just that, it's just that the life overrides them. 
That's why by those mitzvahs, Rambam doesn't say. Remember we said that the Rambam doesn't say, from here you see that the mitzvahs are all kindness and compassion and goodness in the world. Because you don't see that by other mitzvahs, that that's the content of the mitzvah. Because the mitzvah itself, from the perspective of the individual mitzvah, the mitzvah itself is calling no. I need to have it my way. Keep the mitzvah no matter what. So you don't see it by all the mitzvahs, how their kindness, they are, but you don't see it. But by Shabbos you can see how Shabbos is a mitzvah of kindness and compassion. It's something regarding Shabbos. Shabbos itself wants to enhance the Yid's life and not chas v'sholem, threaten the Jew's life. The moment Shabbos is threatening the Jew's life, Shabbos stops being, Shabbos as if dissipates. It becomes weekday. Why? Because the mitzvah is there. That's why the Ramam says it only by Shabbos. It's, it's part of the mitzvah of Shabbos that you should save a Yid's life. That's the Chiddush. That's the novelty. But now let's take it to a step deeper, richer, and just unbelievable. Okay, I know that you're, uh, those, especially those not so accustomed to Talmudic back and forth, uh, this might be a little bit uh, intense, but it's all worth it for this last idea, which makes it just so, ah, and it's as follows. The, 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 uh... oh, by the way, ju just to, to, to we, we, if you take a look in Rashi, you can see this clearly stated in two Rashis. Whenever Rashi talks about violating all the commandments, because it says in the Pasuk, V'chai Bahem, you should live in them. Rashi and Gemara, not Rashi and Chumash. Whenever Rashi says you should violate the commandment because life is more, because V'chai Bahem, because it says in the Torah you should live in them, Rashi uses the term, Rashi says like this, Tam the reason of the matter is, shel Yisrael, because the soul of the Jewish people is so precious, to God, the preciousness of the Jew is more precious than his commandment. It's like a parent who has very, 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 very strict rules. They really don't want their carpet to get dirty. So if you come into their house, you have to take off your shoes, you're not going to make, and, and, and this, for this woman, it's everything. No one is allowed to step on her carpet. But if God forbid her child is in danger, and the child is running in because someone is chasing him with a baseball uh, club, uh, bat, and the child comes running in and their foot is muddy and they make dirty the carpet, the mother is going to be happy that the child did not stop to take his shoes off outside because her life of her child is more important, even though the carpet is very important to her, but more important than her carpet, right? So Rashi says that's the idea. As much as it's important to the Abish that we keep his mitzvahs, and he's really obsessed with it. He really wants us to keep his mitzvahs, but the life of a Yid is more important. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hear the words of Rashi. Tivatel ha-mitzvah v'yichyazeh. Nullify the mitzvah so this person should live. So you see clearly, what are you doing? You're nullifying the mitzvah, but it's worth it. For what purpose? Why is it per it's worth it to nullify the mitzvah? Because a Jew is being saved. Rashi, however, when he's talking about Shabbos, v'chai behem, Rashi changes it. What does Rashi say? The Abishter commanded the person to do the mitzvahs. He should live in them. Vadai. That the mitzvah itself 
was given, in what condition was the mitzvah given? Which mitzvah is Rashi talking about? Shabbos. Only when it will bring a person to life. But not in a case where it brings the person into a possibility of dying. What is Rashi saying? It's not you're violating Shabbos. In that case, Shabbos never instructed you not to do this work. It's permissible. It's totally permissible. Alma and Allah Suffolk. From here you see that you can desecrate Shabbos. So you see clearly in, in Rashi as well, the same distinction that the Rebbe is learning out in the Rambam. That on all other mitzvahs, it's what? It's a p- empowerment. The mitzvah of living overrides the commandment. But by Shabbos, it's not that way. By Shabbos, it's the mitzvah of Shabbos itself doesn't apply when there's a threat to a person's life. But let's understand that one bit and one iota deeper. And this is everything. This is everything. We find that um, it's interesting when the Rambam says that you have to desecrate. You're not allowed to remember. Where does the Rambam say regarding Shabbos that we should desecrate Shabbos? Because it says in the Pasuk, the Rambam doesn't say it by the general rule that when a person is ill, you're allowed to do everything to save them. The Rambam says it specifically, that you're not allowed to delay. When you're helping a, a sick person, you're not allowed to wait, think maybe you can help them without desecrating Shabbos. You have to desecrate Shabbos immediately. And, it, and the Rambam brings the Pasuk, oisam adam that you're supposed to live in them. It's interesting, the Gemara doesn't say it regarding that. The Talmud says it regarding the general idea that you have to preserve a life and, 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 and not be machal Shabbos. When the Gemara talks about not waiting, when a person's life is in danger, the Gemara says something else. The Gemara says that a person that does it, um, that a person that tarries, that a person that doesn't do it quickly, this is what the Gemara says here, let me quote you. The Talmud says a little bit different. Um, the Rambam says, um, Hazaris, it's not the Gemara says, Hazaris, if someone is quickly, if someone acts with alacrity, Hareza Meshubach, he's praised. But if someone is busy making the rabbi crazy, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? Meanwhile, someone's life is in danger. This person is spilling blood. That's what the Gemara says. Very sharp words. You're literally a murderer, God forbid, if you're standing by the rabbi asking a million questions when someone's life is in danger. So how come the Ramam ignores that? And the Ramam instead, that's what the Gemara says regarding rushing. Rushing, don't ask questions. Someone's life is in danger. Do act immediately. Rambam ignores that. And Rambam says a different thing. Asur, it is forbidden lehismamea to, to, um, to tarry or to take time. Bechilul Shabbos l'choyle. To desecrate for a sick person. Why is Rambam changing? And the difference is as follows. You see, if, you're, if we're just saying... If you're asking questions, you're, 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 God forbid, you're spilling blood, you're you're doing something terrible, when one is doing that, it's not emphasizing that Shabbos itself is saying, save the person. You know what it's saying? It's emphasizing that preserving a life is so important that if you're not rushing and if you're asking questions, then you're, 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 you're messing with the greatest mitzvah of all, and that's saving a life. Rambam wants to tell you very, very sharply 
that the reason you have to be mechala ul Shabbos in order to save the Yid's life is not, as I mentioned earlier, is not because saving a life is so important, but because Shabbos itself says to you, if you want to keep Shabbos, if you want to honor me, save his life. And if you're not honoring, if you're not saving his life, you're desecrating me. I am being desecrated. I'm not being Shabbos if you are not doing work. See, more than what I said earlier. Earlier I was saying that Shabbos itself doesn't, disappears. Shabbos says, don't, don't keep me in the face of, 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 of chas v'shom causing a, a threat on someone's life. I was saying deeper than that, and this is the whole depth of today's class. What we're saying is that Shabbos says the very act of turning on the light, the very act of turning on the engine, the very kind of rushing to the hospital, the very act of whatever it is that you're doing, you're pulling a gun to protect uh, a, a person because there, something happened in the shul, God forbid. That action itself, that action is Shmira Shabbos, is guarding Shabbos. Lacking of doing that action, because you thinking you're keeping Shabbos, you're not keeping Shabbos, you're violating Shabbos. Not you're violating a person's life. You're violating Shabbos. Why? How is it that we're violating Shabbos? I understand you're violating a Jew's life, but how is it that you're violating Shabbos? And the answer is as follows. And this is, this is it. In Parshas Kisisa, the Torah says, it's a Pasuk in Parshas Kisisa, in Shemos, the Pasuk says, Ushmartem you should observe my Shabbos, because it's a sign between me and you. God says, what's Shabbos? Shabbos is a sign between me and the Jewish people. So Rashi says, why is Shabbos a sign between God and the Jewish people? In what sense? What is it a sign? So Rashi says, You don't want to know what Shabbos is? Shabbos is a sign of greatness. It's between me and you. I'm making a sign of greatness. Greatness of who? It's to honor the Jewish people. The whole content of Shabbos is honoring the Jewish people. How are the Jewish people honored with the mitzvah of Shabbos? We're honored by the mitzvah of Shabbos, Rashi says. In what sense? That I've chosen you, you are mine. By the way, this might, under, might also explain the subconsciousness of why the guy comes in on Shabbos to shoot if he hates Jews. Because Shabbos itself is this, Shabbos itself is the sign, Shabbos is the sign that the Jewish people are special. In what sense is it that what? I gave you my rest day to be your rest day. In other words, the fact that me and you have the same schedule. You act on my schedule. You know, it's an interesting thing, the non-Jews, even though today's days in America, we have a weekend off, but they, throughout history, everybody wanted to copy the Shabbos. But Hashem made it in a way that no one chose to make their holy day on Shabbos. The Christians took their holy day for Sunday, and the, and the Muslims made it on Friday. No one picked Shabbos. Well, if the, if, if the other religions are offshoots of Judaism, why couldn't they keep the Sabbath as Sabbath? They all went off to another day. And the reason for that is, because it's forbidden to them. They can't have it. The reason they can't have it is because Shabbos 
is a sh is a sign of tremendous affection that we are that the Jewish people are Hashem's chosen people, and the day that He rests, He gave us to rest. That means that the essence of the mitzvah of Shabbos is to honor the Jew and to show the Jew is special. Shabbos is here to lift up the honor of the Jewish people in the world, to display the greatness of Jews in the world. Therefore, the Rebbe says, and here's where I was saying earlier, the love, the love of a, of a person who really loves Jews can see this, says Azoi, comes out according to this, that if chas v'shalom, a Jew's life is in danger, if a madman anti-Semite walks in with a semi-automatic weapon, and he walks into a shul, and all these Jews' lives are in danger, then what are you having over here? That itself, that moment that all the Jews' lives are in danger, is Chilul Shabbos. Shabbos has now been desecrated in the worst way possible, because all the people on in shul are now in danger, and it's the opposite. If the Jews are God's chosen people, they shouldn't be threatened. Quite on the contrary, everybody should honor them. They're Hashem's people. There should never be a threat to Jews' lives. The moment this murderer walks into Poway, into the shul, this is, Shabbos has been desecrated just by jeopardizing. Now, Shabbos is screaming. Shabbos is screaming. Save me! Don't save my... Why? In order to save me, stop the desecration of Shabbos. Pull your gun and shoot the guy. Bam! Bam! Why? Not just to save a Jew's life. To save the Jew's life, that, then you're saving Shabbos. Shabbos is to, to emphasize. So it's not just, of course, it's about the Yid's life. But that's the essence of Shabbos. Keeping Shabbos is keeping the Yid alive. The opposite. If, God forbid, you prevent yourself from doing something because it's Shabbos and you're hurting it and you're... And, be, and because of that, your Hashem let a Jew uh, be in danger, or worse than that, Hashem a Jew was murdered, or something like that, because you didn't do anything because of Chavez. Not only did you violate the sacredness and the holiness of a Jewish neshama in this world, you violated Chavez. Chavez is insulted. Chavez is broken. Chavez is in shatters because the whole union of Chavez is to, to, to bring out that the Jewish people are a special people, they're God's people. If on the, on the, on the account of Shabbos, a Jew was broken, a Jew was, 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 was shamed, a Jew was... Then, then Shabbos says... Um, now obviously it doesn't mean that Shabbos is saying that for, for the Jew I step aside, that if the Jew wants, uh, you know, uh, an extra piece of kugel on Shabbos, that I have to step aside. No, we're talking about a life of a Jew. Not stomach comfort of a yid. But when a life of a Jew, God forbid, is in danger, then Shabbos itself says, because of Shabbos save a yid. The life of the yid is Shmira Shabbos. Comes on an amazing thing. The act of Hillel Shabbos to save a Jew's life, which is the, the very act itself when you're violating the Shabbos by, as we said before, a guy. When a Hatzalah guy gets in, you know, and runs to on a Hatzalah call. Sometimes a Hatzalah guy might feel bad. After all, I have my walkie-talkie. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing opposite of Shabbos. It's the opposite. He's carrying of that walkie-talkie. He's going in the car. He's running. He kept Shabbos when... 
He, that was, that was like making Kiddush. Imagine, see it this way. When you're standing, you're making Kiddush. You're honoring Shabbos. Kiddush, you're saying a blessing. He is saying Kiddush the entire time he's driving. He's keeping Shabbos, not violating Shabbos. He's keeping Shabbos in the desecration of Shabbos. If Chas V'Sholem is uncomfortable doing that, and refrains even one bit because of Shabbos, that he violated Shabbos. Because Shabbos is saying, you heard that, uh, uh, that I'm here only to reveal, and that's why, but here's the thing. This truth is really true by all mitzvahs. Remember we said, this is a truth that's not only true by Shabbos. It's really true by all mitzvahs. But by all mitzvahs, since, because all mitzvahs are here for the sake of the Jewish people. So every mitzvah at its essence, at its core, would not want you to keep the mitzvah to harm the yid. Every mitzvah. But by other mitzvahs, the content of the mitzvah is not the honor of the Jew. The content of the mitzvah is honoring your mother. The content of the mitzvah of kashrus is that Jew should be, that we should be holy, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't become contaminated, whatever the content is. The content of Shabbos itself is to honor the Jew. Since by Shabbos, this is the content of Shabbos, that's why by Shabbos it stands out. That's the idea. By Shabbos it stands out with an extra emphasis and with an extra strength. That what? That the, that the, the observance of Shabbos itself says, violate me and save a Jewish life. May the honor of the Jewish people never ever be desecrated ever again. May we should never have to violate Shabbos. Or let me put it this way, we should never have to keep Shabbos in a desecrating Shabbos way. We should always be able to keep Shabbos in a fulfillment of Shabbos way. If needed, we do it that way, but the world should be one in which there should never be a threat ever again in any way, shape, or form to a Jewish life. Not on Shabbos and not on the weekday. May we merit already the time of Yom Shekule Shabbos, where it will be clearly seen how Shabbos and the Jewish people are totally one and totally bonded and totally, totally connected. They're sisters, they're siblings, they're, to they're one. And um, may we already see the time of um, Hashem will wipe away every tear and there will only be love happiness, light, and goodness in this world forever and ever and ever. Chaim. Where do you see the Rebbe learns, um, no, the Pasuk says, oh no, you don't see Shabbos. Oh. The Rebbe says, Azay, that, that, uh, that, that no, it, it doesn't say anywhere in the Pasuk explicitly Shabbos, but because, because you know, Shabbos of this, so we're learning the Rebbe learns the Vachai Behan over here. Rebbe makes another diuk. I didn't have time because there's so many, I, I was trying to do so much more. But I was gonna say, in the first, in the first Rambam, when the Rambam brings the Limud in Yisoida Atoyla, the Rambam says, Ela Mitzvah Shayasa Oisama Adam Vachai Behan, and the Rambam doubles the word Vachai Behan, the Loi Shayamas Behan by Shabbos. The Ramam just says, So whatever, how come here he repeats the V'chai Bam? By the way, in the Shapsi Franklin, it doesn't say the V'chai twice. He doesn't have that gears. He doesn't have that gears. 
But the Rebbe has the garrison. I checked somewhere else. That's Taka the garrison. It says there, it says twice. So the Rebbe says, over here, it's a limud. It's not pshat in the Pasuk. That's the pshat. And the mitzvah, therefore, is. Nor was then. We have a limud that Pekuach never, because Vachai Behem is a limud that says it. But by Shabbos, the Rebbe must know. That the mitzvah is bitnai. The mitzvah itself is gizogah. Which mitzvah? Mitzvah Shabbos. Gizogah varim bitnai. Vachai behem. But the Rebbe says bitnimi. This is true about all other mitzvahs. But by other mitzvahs, it has to be, since their toichen is not, toichen golui of the mitzvah is not honoring a yid. That's not the toichen of the mitzvah. This mitzvah is this toichen. Each mitzvah. It's interesting because if you can say Shabbos, the teichen of the mitzvah, it's an edus that the Abish created the world in six days. It's about the Abish. The Rebbe learns that Shabbos is from. The Rebbe found that the Rebbe's ketrafim of over there. That that there's an Where is it? Where is it said it's about the Yitzanah? Where's the marker of that that it's about the Yitzanah? It says in the pasuk in Shmois, Rashi says over there, Oisig Ois Gedulahu, Beinu Benecha. Avabaltas is an ois gedul. That means the ganz toichen of Shabbos is gedul as Yisrael. Is oimayid is in danger. Is Shabbos month? Shabbos month. That means you have to save the yid. And Shabbos says, if you want to save me, save the yid's life. Not uh, save the yid to save me. That's a diamond. Yeah, let me shut.